aim. Okay, I just want to make sure. Not hard, not hard. Okay, okay, okay. It's so lovely to be with you guys. I want to just uh, ask Inessa to, to come up. So this is my lovely wife. Uh, we are an international family. Not, well, not, yeah. We are an international family by choice. I'm South African, originally from the Free State. My wife is Ukrainian, you know, where the war is now. So she can speak the Russian and Ukrainian. You want to say something? Not Russian. <laughs> I can speak Russian, but I'll, I just want to greet you in Ukrainian. Um, I greet you in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you. We have two, two children. Uh, our son is doing his second year in TMT. And we have a daughter married to a Canadian. And they live in Canada. You know, it's a whole mix match, smarty box, you know. Um, we've been uh, staying with Sean and Chantel uh, Friday, Saturday, uh, until this morning. And can I just tell you, you do not know, maybe you do, let me not assume, how privileged you are to have two people whose hearts are so longing after God. You know that. You know that. Give them a hand. Give them a hand. They have an uh, exciting season in front of them with you guys. And uh, just we sense the faith there is for the Lord for more. Hey, that we can uh, lay down our lives and, and follow him and, and see that his kingdom come. That's the heart that we have. And I can sense that with you guys as well. So I have a word of encouragement with you for you today. Are you happy about that? Or do you want... Okay, okay, good, good, good. So, I'm not going to do all the scriptures. I want to really be, what time are we aiming for? Half past? Half past. Let's aim for half past. So, you need to give me your attention. There might be some nuggets that you don't want to miss what I will share. If I could give... Uh, if I could give a title to this few thoughts that I want to give you and share with you, would be the following. The greatest purpose and the greatest vision, the greatest task that you have and that I have is to love our God. To love our God. You know that the Bible says, what's the greatest commandment from the Old Testament, you know? It's to love the Lord your God with all of your heart, all of your strength, all of your mind, all of your body, right? That can look differently for many different people. I'm sure everyone's got a specific picture. I want to just take us back before we get to scripture. Who loves the story of Peter, the apostle Peter? Who loves the story? Who can relate to him? I can relate a lot to him for not for, you know, maybe not for the right reasons <laughs> you know have you ever experienced that feeling when your best for god is not good enough who's had that disappointment anyone 
You've tried your utmost best and you came up short. And that's the life of Peter. That's the life of Peter. We know, we know Peter, you know, he's, he's, the, he's the one that was bold and fearless and impulsive. He's the one that said, Lord, if it's you on that water, while the other ones were cowering in fear, he said, call me, let me come to you. And then he walks and obviously we know the story, you know, he sees the waves. And, but he was the one that stepped out. He was the first one. No, the second one. I actually learned this the other day in my quiet time. The second disciple that said, but Jesus asked him, who do you say I am? And then Peter said, you are the son of the living God. And Jesus said to him, flesh has not revealed this to you, but my father in heaven. He got a revelation of who Jesus was. And yet, with that godly revelation, he was the one that said, Jesus, never will you suffer while I'm around. And Jesus had to rebuke him. He was the one that said, I will never deny you. Never. And we know the story. Jesus said to him before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. And then that beautiful scene at the Sea of Galilee, John 21. It's one of the most amazing passages. I'm not going to read that, but I want you to, to just get a picture. Jesus had to take this fisherman that was bold, that was strong in himself. He was courageous. To, Jesus had to bring him to the end of himself. It is not an easy, easy journey. If you've ever been to the end of yourself. And then Jesus asked him, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And most probably you've had many uh, messages. Jesus is using the word agape, that unconditional, unmerited Love that comes from God. Do you love me like that? And Peter only responds and says, Lord, I like you. I like you. I like you like a brother. I've got affection for you, Lord. And Jesus asked him three times, and the third time he became sad. He's getting the message. He knows. Three times he denied the Lord. Three times Jesus is asking him. And if I can say this to you, that restoration that took place there where God, through Jesus, took the time to take Peter and he spent that conversation with him saying, Peter, I want your heart. I want your heart. If I have your heart, that's good enough. Your perfect work for me, your perfect effort for me is not what I'm looking for. I want your heart. And that's what I feel the Lord wants to encourage us with today. It's fantastic to have a vision. 
It's fantastic to have that zeal, and God, God uses that. But can I tell you that it is not how we start, but how we finish that counts. We joked about it uh, over the, not joked, we talked about it this weekend uh, when we visited and we, we at fellowship. And so, by the way, uh, Sean can really bry well, eh? I mean, I just, it's like that meat was perfect, absolutely perfect. Let's not digress. Let's not digress. Okay. So, it's not how you start, but it is how you end. That counts. And we want to build our lives on a foundation that we will end well. My, one of my mentors used to say to me, man, Nealus, it's fantastic that you serve Jesus now. And you jump for joy and it is, yes, let's do this. And, but it is much better that in 20 years from now, you follow me still. You love me more. God's glory, God's purposes, God's destiny, God's adoration is linked and seated in our ability to love his son. And we talk so many times about God's purposes for me and my destiny and there's nothing wrong with that. But there's a greater truth that we need to live from. Not what God has for me, but what I am meant to do and be for him. And we, as most of us are Western, I, 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 I come from the free state originally, so I'm a doer. Who are doers here? Just any hands up. Doers, I mean, you know, if you can do something, you feel so much better, eh? Yeah? Problem solvers, you know, think of the 80s with the sanctions and, you know, and all these things. And now, you know, if you can do something. But I do think there's a danger to miss the heart of God if we do not learn what he requires of us. It's not service first, but it's identity, it's intimacy, it's love. And Jesus said to his disciples, if you love me, then you will obey my commandments, right? So I, I normally see if you obey my commandments, you know, that's like, I must do what Jesus tells me to do. But he says, no, if you love me, he talks to his disciples here that's been three years with him. And he says, in this time, I want you to know me, to love me, that out of a heart of intimacy, of love for me, then you do. I want to tell you that if we build our lives on extending the kingdom of God, having a vision, seeing people come to know the Lord, and it's not based on a deep, intimate love for Jesus, that flame will not last. That's why I mention to you and say to you, it is important that in 15 years from now, me and you, we still follow Jesus. We are like a steady rock. We will not be moved. Okay, so 
a few scriptures. Just wanna, I want to just solidify this. We've got 13 minutes left. Are you ready? 13 minutes. Okay, let's go. Let's go. This same Peter that had been restored by Jesus at the Lake of Galilee says the following in 1 Peter 1 verse 8. Though you have not seen him, this is Jesus, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Peter knew something and he wrote this to a persecuted church. People that were paying a price for their faith. But the first thing that he writes and he tells them, he says, though you have not seen him, you love him. That is me and you. Though we don't see Jesus in the flesh, we love him. We love him. We love him. Because we love him, we will sacrifice. Because we love him, we see his love. We will go forward. We will be obedient. We will submit. We will give ourselves. He's deserving of that. Right? Okay. James 1.12 says the following. Blessed is the man who perseveres under trial, because when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life that God has promised to those who love him. Not those who serve him, those who love him. You and I, if we are faithful, will get a crown of life. When Jesus comes back, he's going to put a crown on your head and say, you loved me. Here's your crown. You loved me. You loved me. And there's in the Revelations where Jesus talks about, uh, to, to one of the churches, he says to them, talks about, you will get the crown of life because you loved me. You loved the lamb. And that is where we built from on. We built from that place. All right. The bad news is the following. Okay. That my love that I have for Jesus, if it's out of myself, is not going to make it. I don't know if you've tried. Okay. <laughs> it's not going to make it. John, uh, 1 John 4, 19. We love because he first loved us. So it's bad news and good news. The bad news is, if I try to love him out of myself, my flesh, it's not going to last. It's not the agape love. It's not the love. It's, this is the Peter love, the, 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 the impulsive love, the love that says, man, where's that sword? Let me cut off the, you know, and at the, at the Garden of Gethsemane. This is the, 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 the love that drowned. This is the love that damaged actually. This is the love that failed eventually. Jesus says, God says to you and me, he says, your love for me can only proceed from me because I am love. Let me love you. You receive that. You recognize that. You get it and you use that to love me back. Now that speaks against the doers, the doing in me, you know? It speaks against the doing in me. It's, Lord, Lord, no, no, Lord, Lord, let me earn something. Let me, 
it's a, like a balance sheet. You know, Lord, I want to do these, these five good things for you. And then, sure, that's good now. That feels good. Jesus says, no. He says, you have nothing to give me. Nothing. Let me show you the key how you can love me like the way I want to be loved. And this is the following. Paul Paul is one of the greatest apostles. We all know that, eh? He's gone through a lot in his life. And he writes a prayer to the church in Ephesus. A church that was doing well, no major problems, no major doctrinal issues, and in Ephesians 3, he says the following, two Christians, to born again believers, he says to them, for this reason I kneel before the Father from whom his whole family in heaven and, earth, and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you being rooted and established in love, here it comes, may have power or the ability together with all the saints, not in isolation, but in, with all the saints, the body, to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love, not just to grasp it, but you want to, he says, I want you to know this love that surpasses knowledge. It's not a love that's here. It's a love that impacts that you may be filled to the full measure of all the fullness of God. He is writing to believers. They've been born again. They know God, Jesus died for them. They understand something of the love of God. And he says, there is more. I want you to be changed. I pray, I pray for you as a congregation. He says, I pray for every believer. I pray that you may grasp this love, the width, the length, the depth, the height of this love that is in Christ and that you will know it, know it here. My question I ask myself and I ask you today, do you know, are you growing in that love? that God has for you, because that is the love you will be able to return to him. That is our challenge. That is how we strive and give ourselves for. That is what Paul writes in Philippians 3 where he says, I have not attained, but I leave behind everything. And I'm striving, I'm stretching myself forward to take hold of that which Christ has taken hold of me. Right. And that is the passion, the desire, that's that sniper aim. To say, Lord Jesus, I want to know you. I want to know you. 
I want to know your love because that is what will change me. That is what will change me. And there's a last scripture, and then we're going to end. We've got five minutes, eh? We're doing well, eh? We're doing well, eh? Cool. So the last scripture is not on here, but it's one of the scriptures that, I don't know, it just, it grabs my heart. I don't know if you have a scripture like that. It's like, Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. And that's 2 Corinthians 3.18. I want to read this. Maybe, can you put it up for us on the NIV? I've got the New King James here, but the NIV says it's so wonderful. And we, who with unveiled faces, you have an unveiled face, because we're not in the Old Testament. The gospel of Jesus previously in this chapter says that that veil has now been lifted. We see Jesus, right? All reflect the Lord's glory. We are being transformed. We are being changed. This is a continual process. Who are teachers here? Anyone teachers in the English language? Right? Present continuous tense. Correct. Thank you. Right. We are being transformed into his likeness with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. My translation says, as we behold his glory, we are being transformed. As you behold Jesus, as you behold who he is and that love that he has displayed, he came to show the Father, it changes me and you. Now that to me is a fantastic, fantastic, a huge comfort. Because this scripture teaches me that what will change me I, is I need to behold Jesus. I need to behold the fullness of God that will change me as I keep on beholding it. That will inspire me. That will grasp my heart. That will captivate me. All my affections, all my loyalties. And then out of that, devotion comes. Out of that, service comes. Out of that, worship comes. Out of that, it's not about me, Lord. It's about you. It's not how I want to worship you. It's how you want to be worshipped. Lord, if you send me to Russia, then send me. Right? But it's because we see Jesus. We are being changed. We are learning to love him more and more. And that is our and my encouragement for you today. Built on that. Built on that. Let us not be a people and a church. And I'm talking about myself here. Where Jesus says in Revelation 2. You've done all these wonderful things. You hate what is evil. You have been persevering. You've, 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 you've endured a lot. But I have this one thing against you. You've lost your first love. Let us not be people that lose our first love. A love that is filled with the love for God, the love for Jesus, is a love that stays soft, a heart that stays soft. And he can do so much more with a people that is just flowing, overflowing, with a love for him than we're willing to do what he tells us to do. Amen.
Should we let him go more? I'm like, oh, it's amazing. Nilis, you've blessed us this morning. Yeah. You know, we can, we can, in a church like this, we can so quickly get caught up in work because we're a church that believes in serving. We believe in, in serving others as better than ourselves. And we can very quickly fall into a pattern of, well, if I've ticked these three boxes, I'm good. I'm a, I, I regularly go to community. I'm at church. When it's our turn to do setup, we make sure the coffee's set up perfectly and it's amazing. But yeah, man, if we don't love him, it's all going to get burnt up. If we don't love him, if I don't love my wife and she asks me to make the bed in the morning, I'm like, we're just going to sleep in it tonight. Why must I make it? But I don't do it for me, I do it for her. Because she feels loved when I do it. And I flow out of love for her. And I want to encourage us and I want to maybe pray for us. And then we're going to call Beatrice and Christelle and, and Yaku and Carla up. You can maybe go and fetch Christelle quickly. Because they're going to be stepping up into service. But guys, let us not lose the heart of why 